0: Will Robinhood recover from this media onslaught? How you're going to make money from crypto, grocery deliveries, and kids' diapers in 2021's hottest sectors to invest in. Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalist jumping in the Thunderdome. Brittany Davis, Backstage Capital, former investment banker turned venture capitalist, runs a $36 million fund and has invested in 150 underrepresented founders. Matt Conwell, Rare Breed Ventures, known as your favorite VC's favorite VC, and owner of the best VC Twitter in the game, runs a $10 million fund, investing in underrepresented founders. Jeff Hoffman, billionaire entrepreneur from Priceline.com, chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, and this guy's got a Grammy and an Emmy. And guest judge, Laurel Toby, Supernode Ventures, founder of Media Bistro, which sold for $23 million and known for hosting legendary investor parties on the roof deck of her enormous Manhattan loft. Welcome back to season two. Charlie Stevens, your host, and yes, I'm still wearing a tie. Listen, we heard your feedback on Twitter, and we appreciate it. Keep it coming. We've made the changes. We hope you like it. Now let's jump in for the most electric show in business entertainment. alert. Humble, Coinbase, Instacart, and Honest Company are all revving up to hit the public markets. Which upcoming IPO are you most excited about and why? Mac, our returning champ from season one, please kick us off.
1: Happy to be back, you know, as the champ uh, returning this kickoff season two uh, and to have my wonderful opponents here. Good luck to everybody. I'll probably win again, but it's good to be here. Uh, if I'm gonna pick an IPO, I'm going with Coinbase. I like money and there's a ton of money going through Coinbase. The cool thing about that is Bitcoin hits the all time high every four years. We got another eight years before this thing's about to tap out. You see where it's hitting? It might be at 100K by the end of the year. I'm going with Coinbase, man.
0: Coinbase, Bitcoin down 3000 at March. Now it's up to almost 40,000. Maybe we had 100,000. Uh, let's go over to Jeff. What are you liking in the IPOs that are coming up? Here?
2: All right, well, I agree with what Max said. I will, however, uh, Coinbase just moves the coins, they don't cash them. I'm going with Instacart and I'm going with Instacart because I'm looking for the company that has the most upward growth room and Instacart already has tens of thousands of customers for delivery focusing on groceries but I think they have a huge upside because everybody is going to want everything delivered and Instacart can grow into all kinds of big delivery verticals going from here, so that's my pick. All right, white labeling their
0: software to go with the grocery stores, very exciting. Brittany, what's your IPO? Yeah,
3: I'm going in another direction. So I'm a new mom, I have a six month old baby, and I personally need Honest Co. to go public so that I can actually buy shares instead of just losing money on spending money on diapers every month. So the amount of money that I spend, I'm not alone. Um, Essentially, they are taking market share from some of the larger P&G, Pampers, et cetera, the CPG companies that, you know, the legacy brands that we all know, they're all being overtaken by emerging brands. And Honest is coming out with essentially a sustainable product that's affordable and a celebrity brand. Um, All the mom communities I'm in, that's the number one product that everyone's turning to and chipping away at um the legacy players uh one other fact so i mean just the sheer size of the market pampers alone is a 10 billion dollar market and that's just diapers and as honest grows they're they're chipping away at that um, legacy brand and also launching a platform to launch new brands. So beauty, healthcare, et cetera.
0: Believe me, I know about diapers. I got three boys under the age of three at home. Uh, Laurel, who do you uh, think made the best points uh, this here? This
4: is a tough one. I think um, I really like Jeff's point about uh, Instacart having really a lot of upward growth room um, and tens of thousands of customers and a lot of upside. However, I love that Brittany um, is a user of Honest Co. and really deeply understands the market need and what the product is and she's willing to bank on it. So I'm willing to bank on her. Okay,
0: Brittany gets uh, the co-judge point.
2: Hot sector.
0: Welcome to our new segment, Hot Sectors. To kick off season two, we're asking our VCs, what sector do you believe in the most for 2021? Jeff, what do you think is uh, most exciting?
2: Yikes, that's a really hard one because there's a bunch of sectors I like that I wouldn't have even talked about prior to COVID changing the whole world. So if I have to pick one, I'm gonna go uh, with uh, health tech and medical technology, telemedicine. I think the entire world of healthcare is now, and a lot of companies are doing this very much uh, under wraps because they don't want everybody to see, uh, steal their ideas, and see what they're doing. But I think the entire way we deliver healthcare around the world, including self-help, self-health at home, is all going to be rewritten by tech. I think that sector is going to have a huge disruption, innovative new products, and great opportunities in it. You
0: can't deny that. Brittany, do you agree with that, with the uh, health tech, or are you going a different direction?
3: Yeah, I actually agree. Uh, For slightly different reasons, though, I think as the demographics of the country shift, um, healthcare has not been keeping up with addressing unique concerns in particular demographics. So backstage, we've invested in companies that focus exclusively on um, the Black population, exclusively on women, and these overlooked groups um, have a huge opportunity from a business perspective if you're able to deliver a solution that has high engagement and um, solves problems,
1: okay, Mac. Yeah, so I'm going in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, at Rare Breed, we're getting more and more excited about companies that are catering to the Gen Z demographic. Really, because you know traditionally the lifespan of a fund is 10 years. A lot of Gen Z consumers are now the rises of 20 to 24. Going forward in the next 10 years, they're going to become a large large portion of the buying power in the market. So looking at companies that are catering towards them, and a lot of those companies are doing things differently because they're growing out of the pandemic, right? So these young people, they're going to be imprinted by what's happening today. So we're looking at companies that are really uh, moving in that direction. What do we got here, Laura? What are you thinking?
4: Well, I got to say, they all gave great answers, but Jeff started with the healthcare uh, and telemedicine trend, and then Brittany just kind of, piled onto that, she didn't come out with her own uh, thesis. So I'm gonna go with uh, Jeff in this case, although Mac was a close second uh, with the Jen, uh, the Gen Z demographic um, argument. I like that he had a lot of facts and figures at his at his disposal. So he was a close second.
0: The Gen Z demographic too, financial literacy. I mean, I think they're learning from the show. You got to make a point of that. Any health tech uh, companies that Jeff and Brittany want to give a quick shout out to that you think- Well, is-
2: I want to say, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Brittany and Arlen because they're putting their money where their mouth is. So Uh, Much respect. Uh, Tell Arlen I said hello, um, but you guys are actually investing in some of these health tech companies, uh, so you should feel free to mention a couple.
3: Yeah, I'll plug a couple. Um, One is Spora Health, and they are creating a health uh, virtual clinic for Black consumers. So essentially, the Black um, needs within healthcare have kind of been overlooked in terms of cultural competency. Uh, So a lot of people feel like they either don't have access to professionals within the healthcare space that really understand their problems. So that's one. Uh, another is mommy. It's M A H M E E. and they solve essentially the maternal health crisis that's facing a lot of black moms. So black, mo- black moms in this country have a higher maternal uh, death rate, unfortunately, than any other demographic in this country. And they're solving that by getting access to healthcare for Uh, these populations, as well as, again, the cultural competency of um, a whole support network around these moms.
1: And I want to jump in here and give a shout out as my phone rings in the background. Sorry, everybody. We (laughs) take a point away, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Give a shout out to Masks, the first clear surgical mask. They launched in March, uh, coincidentally, right as COVID was happening. uh, They were originally created to have clear masks so that those who are hearing impaired and and deal with uh, paying attention to uh, facial cues could actually communicate. And now during the time of COVID, it's giving people the ability to wear a mask, but still allowing people to see their face. So especially for like at daycares, at uh, preschools, and also they have a deal with Apple. So if you're hearing impaired, you walk into Apple and you want somebody to have a mask so you can read their lips, they can use a clear mask. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, after
4: now, we, uh... now I feel... Now I feel bad for giving it all to Jeff when he's not even like putting his money where his mouth is. Oh, maybe I should scoop Brittany up a little. We bit. We have a long
2: list of health tech investments, but uh, since Brittany brought us up, I was just passing the mic. There you go.
0: He's being a nice guy. You know what I mean? And oh, okay. Scoreboard right now, we have Brittany and Jeff in the lead. So Mac, you have a little bit of, you know, room to make up for. Um, so. You better bring it for the next two. Let's put it that way. All right, so let's move on. Startup Spotlight. We're spotlighting three top startups currently featured on the Republic site. FCF, Dope Dog, and Choose Health. Which startup is most interesting and has the most potential? Brittany, as you just uh, were on the Republic site, raised a million dollars within less than 24 hours. We're going to give it to you. Congratulations, by the way, raising that money on Republic. Amazing. But let's hear what you have to say for the uh, startup spot.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to go off off list and actually just talk about Backstage for one second. So, you know, we really are trying to democratize access to venture, um, not just for founders, but also for investors. And we were thinking, you know, what if you could actually invest in funds similar to how you buy shares in companies? So we did something similar to that and launched on Republic and raised over a million dollars in a few hours. <laughs> so clearly the public wow. wants to get involved. So if you have not already invested, go to republic.co um, slash backstage and take a look. Uh, we're doing some interesting stuff and we'd love to have more, more people on board. Uh, If I'm also just doubling down on the digital health, as I look at some of the companies on Republic and you selected one, uh, choose health. I think they're doing something really interesting with COVID antibody tests. I think they had me at that. But then the distribution, um, I think going, health has been challenging, but having consumers and physicians able to distribute uh, the product is is a win. Simple,
0: affordable, at-home health testing is definitely exciting. Let's go over to Jeff. How about yourself with the Startup Spotlight?
2: Yeah, so I'm going FCF all the way. Um, Esports and gaming was already huge, already getting bigger than the pandemic caused the shutdown of live sports. So everybody was online. And what FCF is doing that I absolutely love is blurring the line between fantasy sports and real sports. Uh, So they're developing this technology that you'll be able to do play calling virtually for real athletes and real sports at some point. So keep an eye on fan-controlled football. I think eSports is massive. It's global. It's been made bigger by the pandemic and it takes advantage of, I like disruptive technologies, it takes advantage of this line that's constantly blurring between actual physical sports and eSports online. It's really cool to be able to make play calls for a real sporting event on technology
0: yeah it's very cool so rob the founder is a great founder and uh it's cool bob Mennery as well the personality is uh leading up the zappers which you can invest into that company or that team as well uh let's
1: go over to mac so how about yourself looking at the list uh i'm, I'm agreeing with Brittany. choose house was my go-to and really because When you're looking at a company like this, you can't look at what it is today, but what it can be, what they're really is building out a platform where over time, what you're gonna be able to send back in this kit is gonna be able to do far larger range of checks on your health, right? To the point where imagine the day, because as you can see with COVID, people don't wanna go into offices. People don't want to be around other people just because of the current health concern. Imagine day where you have a kit come to your house, let's say every quarter where you, you take a swab or a little bit of something else, and it sends back a panel. You can literally get your physical done just by mailing back a kit once a quarter. That's really interesting. I'm giving that point. I'm giving you a point there, Mac. I like that you get, you
0: broke that down pretty well. Um, Laurel, how about you? What do you think here? Who's making some of the best points?
4: Mm, I didn't. I didn't hear a lot of research or numbers or market, you know, TAMS or anything like that, you guys. Um, so this is. Uh, it's tough to choose amongst uh, the three of you. Um I'm going to go with uh Jeff because I agree with him on esports and gaming um you know it's it's really an exciting arena and uh, I'm I'm super stoked on eSports and and it's just a personal call here you know we already talked about health so I'm just yeah. moving on I
0: thought Mac would take dope dog you, you know you got your dog who's like a personality in its own give it a little CBD maybe
1: it's too calm already I don't know uh, my
2: dog my dog is already high so I skipped that one
1: I'm about to say my dog already has CBD treats so like he's got separation anxiety we give him some treats for that so he's good uh, while we're talking about companies that have gone through Republic, Let me get a shout out to another company, uh, a Republic alum, Alto IRA, allowing people to make investments into alternatives like uh, real estate, uh, high growth companies, startups, and also venture funds like Rare Breed Ventures. So if you have IRA or 401k, you wanna be able to self-direct it, check out Alto IRA, really cool company. Very cool. And shout out to Cheryl over at Republic, who's awesome as well.
0: Buy or sell. Robinhood just raised over a billion dollars while taking a massive brand hit this month. Their pledge to even the investing playing field for all now just seems like a slick marketing trick. Buy or sell, Robinhood recovers from this media onslaught as they look to IPO
1: later this year. Mac, what do you think here? You buying or selling? I'm selling. Now they have time and money to recover their brand. It can happen, but they took a massive hit with everything that we saw happen with GameStop, people are now disillusioned with this app that's supposed to democratize the ability to get into this market. The idea that I could go into the app and you tell me there's a specific stock I can't buy, that's ridiculous. Like, even when the NASDAQ shuts things down, they shut down everything, right? It's not just one stock or two stocks. They literally shut down specific stocks. Like, what is going on? Like, even if they have a reasonable explanation for it, they were way too slow at getting it out there. It all felt like spin. And now there's a, a huge space for somebody to come in and take some of that market share. Shout out to Coinbase, hope you're listening. Uh, just going back to my answer from, you know, the beginning of the so, show. Yes, we all see that. Uh, Brittany, buy or sell uh, this Robin. Yeah,
3: I completely disagree with Mac. I'm a ah. buy still. So in this case, I think essentially any news is good news. And actually, this whole scandal has brought them more awareness to the general public, which is starting to invest. Um, yeah, it was reported that they lost about 10,000 users in the whole uh, scandal, but then actually got 100,000 new users. And they're still one of the top apps in the App Store. So while I think they they definitely had some missteps, they can correct that. Um, they can correct their what they said in, in the media, but. Overall, people want to invest, and I think people will find platforms, and this is still one of the top ones.
0: There's some good stats there. Laurel's going to like that. Jeff, how about yourself? Are you buying or selling Robinhood? Uh, All right, so
3: I'm
2: selling, and full disclosure, uh, they came to us pre-IPO to see if we wanted to invest, uh, and we passed. Um, The business model is too easy duplicated. There's a lot of people already building similar platforms, and where I disagree with Brittany is even though they gained some users it's literally called Robin Hood which means taking from the rich to protect the poor and I looked through social media I scrolled through it and as long as it's named that every time it comes up people are going to say what a fraud the company that pledged to take care of the little guy even named itself Robin Hood and the first chance they had to protect the big rich guy they took that chance and went against their own customers I don't see them recovering and also there's three lawsuits filed against them we haven't even seen yet. So while Brittany said they got new customers, let's see how many go if they lose all three lawsuits because of what they did. That hasn't even played out yet, so I'm a sell all the way. Making great points over
0: here. All around, uh, this was a good round. Laurel, how are you scoring this?
4: This one is really tough. Um, you guys came in with some numbers and some excellent points. Mac, you really redeemed yourself um, a lot in this round. Um, Brittany, I love uh, that you were talking about, um, you know, any news is good news. I'm a journalist, my background, uh, so I totally get that. Um, And Jeff, you make a great point about the lawsuit. So um, I I don't know, this is a tough one. You know, it's a tie between Brittany and Jeff um, for various reasons, but memories are short. These are millennials and Gen Zers, and I think, um, you know, I really do think that they're gonna go back to the platform and and use it the minute that the, that the that the things about it um, are cleared up that they that they didn't agree with, and I think it is possible for Robinhood to re- re- recover from okay.
0: this. All right, this was uh, so, this is the
4: so, so go ahead. So, so it's a toss up between Brittany and Jeff.
0: Um. <laughs> well, that is uh, that is where we're leaning.
4: But I would say I would say.
0: Go ahead, Laurel. Take a, take a pick. Oh,
4: sorry. I, no, you get to say, pick. So if it's a toss up between Brittany and Jeff, and I'm a very I'm an optimist like Brittany, I I go with Brittany. Oh, no,
0: Brittany. All right, and uh, that's pushing Brittany into the finals. So Laurel you just pushed Brittany into the finals, and we got Jeff. Sorry, Mac, your undefeated street is over. You're done. You're all done, man.
2: The money round.
0: Millions of new investors have flooded into the market over the past few weeks with the GameStop AMC big drama show. How do you suggest new investor best look at diversifying their portfolios. Jeff, why don't you kick this one off?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, diversify is the right word because my answer is diversity. Um, way too many recommendations from way too many financial advisors are uh, pretty much the good old white boy network. Um, there's not diversity. We don't look outside of our borders. We don't look, for example, at uh, the last two investments I did were black female founders. Uh, that they, they couldn't even get a meeting with a lot of people. Diversity. You are missing great opportunities because you're judging the people before you even got to hear what they were building. I'm sick and tired of it. We are looking internationally, we're looking across borders, we're looking across languages, genders. You need diversity to diversify.
0: Scoring some big points there. Brittany, how about yourself?
3: Damn, Jeff, you took you took all <laughs> my talking points. How can I respond? No, I'll take it a different, different angle. Um, So people have flooded the market, but they're still buying some of the products that have already, like GameStop, et cetera, that have already hit highs. Like, I don't understand. So if you're new, think about your entire portfolio and don't just follow. Think about what um, risk level you're willing to tolerate and then get into some equities, get into some crypto as well. So I'll definitely spend some time on the answer on crypto because a lot of people have focused on some of these stocks that are trading. But where, where I think there's a long-term growth potential is just parking some, some money into some
0: crypto. And this finals is heating up. I like this. Laurel, uh, who are you taking here? And if you got any tips too, throw them out.
3: <laughs> um, yeah,
4: I mean, I, I think uh, you should allocate 1 to 10% of your total portfolio of money and assets into high-risk uh, strategies. You should... Um, go to AngelList and uh, deploy that one percent or ten percent into twenty-five companies and see how it goes. Spin the wheel there. But in terms of who won this round, um, boy, Jeff, you're pulling some mad mojo here, stealing Britney's thunder. But you know, at the same time, you know, you're like an ally, right? You're acting as an ally. How can I punish you for that? I have to reward you for being a male. White, old, oh, not old. Sorry. And, That's all right. I said already. <laughs> uh, that- Except, uh, can we take
2: points away from her now? <laughs> <laughs> Laurel, you just lost points. Sorry. Uh,
4: I didn't mean, I didn't mean it that way. That's ageist man. That's next. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 think I have to give you credit here. So, uh, Jeff, I hate to say it, you won this round, even though you know you should not. Win. <laughs> thank you.
0: It's right there. It's right. I'll there.
3: take it. We need more people on board. So, thank you, Jeff.
0: Absolutely. Jeff Bezos recently stepped down as CEO of Amazon, making way for new leadership. When assessing a potential investment, how do you look at a company when it's run by a founder CEO versus a hired CEO? Let's go over to Brittany, start this one off.
3: Yeah, so we focus very much on founder market fit because we invest so early. So founder CEOs are pretty much the only CEOs we invest in. Um, hired CEOs come in and they maybe want to, you know, change things and have a lot to prove, but the founders are the ones who are connected to the mission and ideally, you know, can see it through. So we're, we're backing those founders. They're the ones that are taking, you know, all the hits and building hopefully the big, the big
2: company. Jeff, are you agreeing with this? No. Uh, so we're about to make this really hard for Laurel. Um, uh, uh, here is the difference. Um, We see so many companies that people think just because it was their idea, they're qualified to run it. And I can't tell you how many times we have said, we'd love to invest as long as you go find someone who actually knows how to build a business. Um, I had one recently that she was a medical, she was a med tech kind of person. She knows how to do research and nothing else. And I said, you're not actually fit to run a company. And she said, you're right, help me find a CEO. And we said, when you find someone who knows how to run a business, Obviously she's part of a company uh, and she's the the majority owner but she doesn't run it anymore. So I disagree because just cuz you're the founder doesn't mean you have the skill set to grow the business. All right, Laurel, where are we going with this here?
4: Okay. So um I think both of them are right and both of them are wrong. Um here's why. It depends on the stage of the company that you're investing in and it depends on the industry and the makeup of the team, right? So for me it's about the team, not about an individual on the team. And if this person, I don't care if they're a scientist and they don't know how to run a company, um, if if they have a team around them, um, that's what really matters. uh, Somebody who's outward facing versus someone who's more internal. And I find that women are um, discriminated against because of this, because they're often more uh, inward facing people, uh, not as many external, uh, you know, bluff it until you make it people. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with Brittany on this, go on with her heart. I think
2: uh, all the points go to Laurel on that one. Your answer was better yeah. than both <laughs> of ours. She's not getting points, <laughs> Jeff. Getting you points. can't give her points. Not how the game works. <laughs> well, okay, Brittany, give her some of your points. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no.
0: Who is the one investment leader that you look up to? When you see them invest in a new company, you almost always follow and invest alongside. I'll go back to Brittany to start us off.
3: Yeah, um, this goes to Serena Williams. Um, If you're watching, call me. (laughs) Uh, We follow a lot of her investments. Um, We've co-invested together. I like her, I'm a fan. I also think in terms of an investment strategy, she started Serena Ventures to also invest in a lot of these overlooked opportunities specific to solving challenges for women and people of color. So we're very much on the same page. Um, And yeah, I would pretty much jump into any deal she's doing.
2: Good shout out, Jeff, what do you got here? All right, so we got to talk later because Serena's in a fund that we created, an opportunity fund uh, that my partner is Phyllis Newhouse, if you don't know who she is, but we can talk about that later. I actually like uh, the Gardner Brothers, uh, the Motley Fool Brothers. Um, I think they have a very practical approach. Uh, so if I had to pick somebody, all of my notes here say I was supposed to pick you. Is that right? Maybe I wasn't supposed to read that out loud. Um, uh, but mine's the Gardner Brothers at Motley Fool. Uh,
0: Laurel, we are ultimately going to make the decision over here, but love to hear your thoughts on this uh, and maybe who you follow as well.
4: Sure. Um, I. I I didn't hear a lot of quantitative rationale for why um, one would want to co-invest. And I would have liked to have heard more uh, descriptive reasonings for why uh, you want to invest alongside you know, Serena and the Gardner brothers or the Mo- Motley Fool brothers. Uh, when I look at co-investors, I think of a couple of things that matter to me, that they're knowledgeable about the space, super knowledgeable about the space, um, that they've done deep diligence as well uh, with customers, not just, you know, look checking the backgrounds of the founders. Um, And then they have something to offer uniquely that they will actually um, roll up their sleeves. They have a track record of of working for the founders because that's the most important thing for success. Um, We wanna uh, create a foundation so that the founder, him or herself has success. And to me, that's the most important thing when it comes to co-investment. So I would say um, between the two of them, I didn't hear a good reason. But if I had to pick one, um, I think Brittany gave a lot more explanation for why she wants to co-invest with Serena Williams.
0: Laurel is a tough judge. Uh, Definitely a tough judge. Jeff, you didn't make the commitment to making that intro on camera to Britney. So I'm going to I
2: think we have without a doubt.
0: We have Brittany. It's too late. take that. You have to make that introduction regardless. And Brittany is our winner of Primetime VC. Congratulations, season two, episode one winner. So you have the floor, the platform to promote whatever you like. So go right ahead.
4: The final word. I will
3: just think about just VC in general. And I have some things to say about it because, you know, backstage definitely has a point of view. Um, if we look at the whole industry, you know, demographics of creators as well as consumers have changed, uh, the speed at which companies have created are created has, has changed. And then the types of companies that have also been launched in recent years have, are also changing, but VC has not really kept up with this change. So if you're interested in disrupting and kind of democratizing access to capital for founders and investors as well, uh, just join us at at BackstageCapital.com. We also have a syndicate where we invest. uh, We allow uh, individual investors to invest with us, and we love that at BackstageCrowd.com. So um, yeah, I'd love to have more people on on the same mission of, of making sure that VC is is keeping up with diversity and kind of the change that's going on that we see in the world.
0: All right. That's it. See you next week.